0: And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg.
1: And welcome back in the third and final hour here on the program for Friday for St. Patrick's Day. And we can speak with you at 508-996-0500. We can also take your app chat messages via the WBSM app. And, uh, of course, if you are heading out for St. Patrick's Day this evening, please be safe about it. Please, uh, you know, get yourself a ride if you're going to be partaking in some alcoholic beverages. And please drive solo if you're going to be partaking in some corned beef and cabbage. Because nobody wants to be stuck in the car with you on the ride home after that. But it's, you know, safety first. That's the important thing. And uh, have a good time. Have fun. to me, you know, St. Patrick's Day is about recognizing the Irish culture. And, you know, that's... I, I like having these days where we get to recognize different cultures. You know, I like, I don't necessarily go crazy on all of them. St. Patrick's day is probably my, my favorite of them. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't rush home on Cinco de Mayo to make myself a, a, a big Mexican meal, but I might go across the street to the Mexican restaurant and get some food. But St. Patrick's day is the one right. I, I take, take it seriously. And that's because I'm such a fan of corned beef and cabbage that I, I take that very seriously. And so I am going to now normally on a Friday I go out and I do my grocery shopping and I will always make sure I get a can of corned beef hash because either Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I'm going to have corned beef hash with my breakfast. You know, and even if I maybe I decide I'm going to go out, maybe I'm going to head on over to to just another Phoenix and have some breakfast there or something. But I I just always have a can of of corned beef hash in the fridge. I mean, uh, in the cabinet. But. For the next couple of days after tonight's dinner, that can is not going to get opened because I'm going to make a big batch. I got a four-pound corned beef, and I got about two dozen um, very small red potatoes. And mainly because I, the reason why I got the very small ones is that they'll all fit. I can fit as many of them as I can into my into my instant pot, so that I have more potatoes to add into my hash because last year I had more meat than I had potatoes and it threw off my hash balance. And then one year, see, when you make the hash, my grandmother used to make hash for dinner and what she would do is she would just take leftovers of whatever a meal had been. Like maybe we had steak or roast beef or something or whatever it might've been and she would throw it all or she she would do smoke shoulder dinner a lot and she would just take it all and she would grind it all up in a food processor and put it put it in and call it hash and you would just have a plate of hash for dinner. And so I don't I don't shy away when I'm making the hash from taking everything that was in that boiled dinner and putting it into it. So there might be carrots that show up in there. If I get some turnips, there might be turnips that show up in there. But I um I do avoid putting the cabbage in it that just ruins it. The cabbage you have, you have later. If you, if you want to make an Irish stew with the leftover cabbage, you can do that. But what I would recommend is you take some of your leftover cabbage. It's already nice and soft, right? Get yourself some like sweet and sour sauce, and put the cabbage in a pan, heat it up, pour some of that sweet and sour sauce on, and have a sweet and sour cabbage as, uh, as a side dish with something. But anyway, I'm looking forward to the homemade corned beef hash almost as much as I am. The, uh, the corned beef dinner this evening. And if you don't know how to cook it the way that I cook it in the in the Instant Pot, you can read my article at WBSM.com and on the app. I had an article that I put up uh, yesterday afternoon. It, as we were talking yesterday, as, as, as Sheriff Hodgson was talking about some different stuff, uh, well, Tom Hodgson, uh, Radio Sheriff Hodgson, I should say. So as he was, um, you know, hosting the morning show and I was producing it for him, I was looking some stuff up and I somehow came across a school bus law for massachusetts school buses that i was unaware of how many times have you been stuck behind a school bus and you've said to my you said to yourself oh my god this school bus is going so slow this this school bus is it, the, could just go the speed limit you can't even go the speed limit well as it turns out legally a school bus can't go the speed limit well, I guess they can if the speed limit is 40 miles an hour or less, but that's, that's the maximum speed that a, a school bus can go in Massachusetts if it has students on it, unless it is on a limited access highway. So a limited access highway is a highway where there are no intersections and there is a divider of sorts between the traffic going in each direction. So that could be a physical divider like... Um, like some uh, islands between the two, like the, the the asphalt islands, or it could be a median strip, but there has to be a divider between the two sides of the the, the highway of the roadway, and no intersections, limited limited on and off opportunities like exits on a highway. So basically, what it boils down to is, yeah, they can they can go over forty miles an hour on the highway, but. Most residential roads, they're going to be going 40 miles an hour, even if the speed limit is 50. And so I, I had never known that before. So I found that to be very interesting. And don't forget too, it's like a, a two or $300 fine if you blow past the stop sign being out on the school bus, even if you're on the other side of the bus. That's that's the the, the mistake that people make. That if you are... You you think you're safe enough away from the school bus that you don't have to stop for it, but that's not true. And repeated infractions of that violation lead to a license suspension. We had a car in my neighborhood that did it all the time, and the bus driver was was not because the way the way that our neighborhood is, you would pull in, and when you pull into the neighborhood, you can go. There's three three different ways you can go. And so the school bus would kind of come in and it would pull in at an angle toward going toward the right. And then the roadway was still clear if you wanted to go toward the center or if you wanted to go toward the left. And the bus would pull in and it would go toward the right and that's where it would pull in to let the kids off. And the people that were coming from the left and from the right would still come out and be like, "Oh, the bus is over there. I can I can go out and leave the neighborhood." But the stop sign was out. So it didn't matter. It was still in that connected roadway, and the stop sign was out. And so the bus driver, I, I well, no, they had the school notify the parent about what was going on because they knew that it was one of the parents because you, we kind of just knew everybody that was in the neighborhood. And the parent said, it's a separate road and tried to fight them on it and would, kind of made it a point to go down there and do it. And that they got a citation for it, mailed to them, not delivered to them, not a police officer waiting there. They got a, a citation in the mail for it. So you just got to you gotta be aware of the fact that when that stop sign is out, you got to stop. Because you don't know where the kids are going or you don't know where the kids are coming from if they're getting on the bus. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to discuss school bus rules that you didn't know about. That's uh, certainly on the table. But also, we could talk more about what we discussed with City Council President Linda Morad. Very interesting comments regarding the question about the Community Preservation Act. And so, I do think that—I said this, and I I was serious about it. There does need to be an education effort from the Community Preservation Committee to let the citizenry know before they vote in November on this question— all the good things that the cpa does and i'm going to reach out to them and invite them to come on to this program i'm sure marcus will do the same for south coast tonight and i want to make sure that from now until november we have at least the people that listen to the station and read our content online we want them to be as educated as they can be on the great work that the cpa has done the community preservation act has done $7.2 $7.2 million in matching funds since this program started in New Bedford in 2014. I think 2015 was the year that it actually went into effect. They voted on it in 2014. So 7.2 million in seven years at this point. So that's, that's pretty impressive. That's real stuff that you've seen happen, real stuff that you've seen put into effect and, and projects that are happening now as well. And it's not just historic preservation. It's not just open space improvements, additions to parks, creation of new parks. It's also affordable housing. And I I do think that it's odd that the council is saying on one hand, we have a housing crisis. There's a housing problem. We need more housing. We need more affordable housing. And then by the other token, they're also saying, but we also have this mechanism that can help with affordable housing. But let's see if people want to get rid of that. So that's why I was pressing Council President Morad on, you know, what are the phone calls that are coming in about this? And she even said, I don't know if it's the same people. So it could just be a coordinated effort from a group that is against it. There could be a group that just says, we don't want this happening and we're going to make the phone calls to try to get it put on, on the ballot. I hope that it fails spectacularly. It's not that I want people to have to pay more money in taxes. But the $7 a month average that the average New Bedford taxpayer would pay is not worth giving up the benefits of having the CPA. And this is just this isn't just Tim the historic preservation guy speaking. This is Tim the guy who says I know that if these projects stopped because of no more CPA, excuse me, CPA funding, I'd be getting all kinds of phone calls from people saying, why can't they take better care of the parks? Why can't they build anything nice? Why can't they add this on? Why can't they add that on? Well, because the mechanism that was doing that is gone now and now they've got to apply for grants and, and, and look for private donations and other means of funding those ideas. The, uh, the skate parks that are proposed, they're, they're looking at building one at Brooklawn Park. Kids want those skate parks. If you've ever driven by the the one at Riverside Park, kids are out there utilizing those skate parks. It's not, it, it's not a waste adventure. And also, there's a pretty good skating community on the South Coast and especially in New Bedford. There are really good skateboarders around here. I've written articles about them. So we want to invest in that. We want to build pickleball courts if that is the sport that people want to get out there and play now. And it's getting, it's getting adults that were previously not that active, getting them up off the couch and getting them out there doing something. We want to provide the mechanism to make those things happen. And all of that is happening for an average of about 7 bucks a month out of your pocket. So again, any of the folks who have been calling their counselors and complaining about wanting to get rid of the Community Preservation Act and get that surcharge off their their tax bill, call me. 508-996-0500. Call me. Let's talk about it. Because I want to know, do you do not understand what it is and you just see the surcharge like like the Council President Morad suggested? They see the surcharge on their bill and they say, I don't want to have to pay this, but they might. Maybe they don't know what it's all about. Call me. We'll talk about it. Maybe you do know what it's all about and you still don't support it. Call me. Let's talk about that. Because I want to find out. Why you're against these these things happening. And why $7 a month is, is, is that much of a hardship for you. And I know, I got phone calls about it earlier this week. There are going to be people that call up and say, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Every $7 counts. Okay, but I promise you there's seven other dollars that you can eliminate from your monthly budget compared to the benefit you can get from the Community Preservation Act. Maybe not some of the projects that are being done now, but maybe projects that will matter to you in the future. Maybe pro... And by the way, they all benefit you because if they bring people into the city, whether it is to live here or whether it is to come and visit some of these open space projects or historic uh, historic buildings or whatever it might be, whatever it might be, they're coming in and spending money and that benefits you. So... The seven dollars. I'm not. I'm not denying that it might be a sacrifice for some people, but there's probably another seven dollars that you could tweak to still get those benefits. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
2: Good morning. I didn't get to hear the end of uh, Linda, and did she did she ever get to the point where she was able to take any callers?
1: Uh, no, she was not going to do that not this today. time around. No, she she was she was actually in her car um, oh, making the okay. call. So she said she will come into the studio though at some point in the future and, and take phone calls.
2: Okay, good. Cause I got a couple of questions for her. And also, um, so some guy was this morning was talking about a car chase and yes, I, I, I definitely don't like car chases for any reason, but you know, like a, there was a pursuit a few years back, I'll call it a pursuit <laughs> in for Haven. And, um, I just got such a kick out of this. So the knucklehead being pursued screams down, sconic neck, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Passes West Island. He's in Wilbur's Point. You ever been down Wilbur's Point?
1: Not that far down, no.
2: You can't get out.
1: Well, I mean, really, once you start going down sconic and neck, you can't get out anyway.
2: <laughs> like, you well. can get out. Well, I mean, you can zigzag. But once you're once you're down all the way to Wilbur's Point, I would suggest anybody that police are pursuing go straight down to Wilbur's Point. You've got yourself trapped. I thought it was just so funny. Because now now when you're down there, that's it. You yeah. know what I mean? There's just one little neck into the into the tip of the Wilbur's point. But I guess I guess he was like bombing through people's yards and everything. He couldn't figure out Wow sounded like he was unfamiliar with the area because
1: <laughs> well isn't that the first rule of trying to run from the police turn on the gps so you know where you're going
2: yeah he probably wasn't uh, having time for that <laughs> but what i'm saying is he's like completely surrounded by water they were like you know what i mean they must have it just it just struck me as hilarious
1: yeah well you, get to the
2: tip. you and, can't get out
1: <laughs> and, I, and i guess the police were probably you know at that point they were like cheering like yeah you made the dumbest move possible thank you for making our job easier
2: that's what I'm saying. It was just uh, to me it was just like one of the funniest things. You know, I'm like you can't get out now. Like, how dumb was that? I don't know if he hit some people's cars or what, but you know, I don't know how that ended, but you know, it was definitely uh unless he was gonna swim away, he was caught. <laughs> All right. Was big one. All right, have a good weekend. You as well, take care. Enjoy your dinner.
1: Even if uh thank you. Even if you uh jumped in the water though, uh by that point you're you're probably so tense from the from the chase who knows if you could swim fast enough to get away 508-996-0500 you're next on wbsm
3: hi good uh good morning tim good morning Catherine. Um, hi uh happy saint patrick's day to you as well thank you and uh, i think it's appropriate for me to use the word malarkey here i i think uh, <laughs> today's the uh, day to, yeah the council of Morehead is full of malarkey I think that the referendum uh, for the preservation uh, uh, monies is uh, is the council's way or some of them anyway of saying, Gee, we know where you're paying a lot of taxes. Um, never mind that we uh, are paying uh, some of our city employees now twenty five percent higher than we were then previously. So, you know, we'll, we'll give you a way to reduce your taxes a teensy bit if you would like. That's what I think this is all about. I think it's to make them appear concerned. And I'm so tired of her talking about the will of the people. If she followed the will of the people, she would not have given that. Uh, of She and the others would not have uh, approved of a 25% salary increase. That's absurd. So that's, that's my comment about that um and no i'm going to continue um wanting to include that in my taxes of course it, it's a very good deal that we get for the work that gets done yeah um and, and shame on the city council for putting that back on and uh, shame as well for the the uh, putting the referendum back on about the um uh the change of mayoral term that that's that is their problem they're having uh with the mayor I don't know what it is, but you know we voted on this not too long ago, and uh, it doesn't need to be voted on that that frequently. So that that's their problem, and they should not have put that on. Um,
1: well, and and it's come up, and you know it was interesting because when uh, Councilor at Large Shane Burgo was on with Chris and Marcus the other night, he mentioned that these are questions that will drive people to get out and vote in November, and and so that. That kind of peels the layer back a little bit at the ulterior motive here, if there is one, being we want to get people out to the polls because we feel like getting people out to the polls might be the way that we finally get rid of this mayor because we hear from a lot of people that they don't like what he's doing, but yet he seems to win comfortably every time when the voting when the um, the, the uh, percentage of voters that come out is small. Well...
3: My response to that is I would like to see them put a referendum on about time limits for city (laughs) councillors. But you know is isn't going to happen. Not that way, anyway. We have to have a petition. Yeah, I don't
1: think they'll put it on, but I know the mayor wouldn't veto that.
3: (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I would approve of it. Um, I just i think it's a good idea, no matter what. Um, I just wanted to ask you, the uh, nomination and... No, what is it called? That Tuesday night meeting that citizen input can be given. Oh, Appointments you, and briefings. Yes. Uh, can the general public go to that?
1: Yeah, you can attend the meeting, but um, in order to be part of the citizens' input, you would have to uh, be on the uh, on the agenda already to speak.
3: Right, but you can go and just listen. I'm, One can go.
1: I believe so. Yeah.
3: Do you know when it? The time and date. I it mean, is, I know it's, it's Tuesday.
1: It's Tuesday at seven p.m.
3: And in council chambers, or yes. Okay. All right. I'll try to be there, I think, this Tuesday, because I'm very interested in what the two people have to, uh, the citizen input for the, the taxpayers.
1: Well, you you may see me there. I'll, I'll come over and say hi.
3: Okay, good. All, All right. right. I'll look for you, too. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You, too.
1: Bye. And uh, 508-996-0500, if you want to chime in, we can also take your app chat messages as well. But I'm late for a break. I'm going to take that now. We'll be back in a few moments. Oh. One of the best bands to come out of Ireland and uh, Dolores, we, we miss you. We lost you way too soon. She passed away a few years ago. Uh, but uh, 508-996-0500, we'll get right back to the calls in a moment. But if, you know, I've been talking a lot about cooking for yourself for St. Patrick's Day, but some of you might not want to do that. Some of you might have no interest in filling up your house with the wonderful smells of corned beef and cabbage. And you can head out to Barrels and Boards in Random if you want to have a good St. Patrick's Day meal. They've got specials on the, on the menu today. Uh, of course, you can get your corned beef and cabbage. You can get beer-battered fish and chips. You can get Irish nachos, potato skins, Reuben sandwiches, all kinds of stuff on the menu there. But they also have, of course, the Marketplace. Right next door to the restaurant is the Barrels & Boards Marketplace where they have all of the same quality meats that they use in the restaurant right there for you to buy and take home, as well as other ingredients that you find in the restaurant, including the artisan sauces that Chef Manny and his crew make right there in the Barrels & Boards kitchen. You can find all of that and more. If you like that candied bacon appetizer that they have or the one where you brush on the butterscotch sauce there on it, you can get that to go. You can get that to make at home. You can get that even in a kit. You can either buy the bacon by the pound and get the sauce, or you can buy the kit where it has everything all together and ready for you to go. You can get frozen pizzas and all their signature flavors. And, of course, you can get pre-made barrels and boards meals that you just throw in the oven and heat up, whether it be individual sized or for the entire family. So head on over there, get yourself your corned beef and cabbage dinner, of course, in the restaurant, and then pop into the marketplace and grab some of the great stuff they have there, including those Montelios desserts. If you, you know, listen, I I have Irish soda bread with my dinner, but not everybody likes Irish soda bread. Some people like something a little bit sweeter, and you can find it in that Montelios case at the Barrels and Boards Marketplace. Check them out; they're on Route 138 in Rainham, right off 495, or it's easy to get to from 140. You're driving down from New Bedford, you go around the Taunton Green, stay on 138 there, and it's just a few miles down the road. Check them out online as well, BarrelsAndBoardsMA.com. Barrels, the letter N, Boards, M-A-dot-com. All right, let's go to the phones, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM.
4: Yes, hi, how you doing? Good, how's it going? Okay. Uh, a lot of politics here, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the, the city council, yeah, they gave the $25,000 raise, which they probably should have gave less, uh, like the mayor wanted. Uh, yeah, uh, the CPA money is uh, small, yeah, but it's still spending money, okay? And overall these years with the uh, workers for the city not getting enough money or not getting increases, well, that relates back to past administrations and past the city councils that didn't keep up with the times with them. So you didn't have to, uh, according to the city council, give somebody a $25,000 raise to keep them in, in uh, you know, uh, up with the times. Um, when it comes to the mayor, well, he's responsible for a $400 tax increase on the average, I think, for most people, you know, and I've never seen a tax increase like that in my past bills. I keep them all. I look at them like, you know, not, not that big. So the message they both don't get, the corner office or the high office nonsense it's up on the top of the city hall, and the, and the counselors are, uh, you know, people can't afford to pay what they're taxing, you know. And there's no effort to come out with a philosophy that we're going to tighten our belts, we're going to sharpen our pencils, we're going to level fund this budget. You know, it's all spend, spend, spend. And quite frankly, for all the spending they've done, I don't see the... Uh, you know the um, you know the the, the benefits uh, you know all over the place. Like a gentleman who calls, an elderly gentleman I think it is. He calls about how the streets are terrible, and we got this water thing to deal with too. That's mandated. I think there was a grant that they could have went for that they didn't go get, and so now it's coming right down on the taxpayers again. You're going to see a sizable increase in your water bill. So both branches of government haven't got the message that you know you're taxing people out, out of their homes. And if if that happens and the elderly pass away, you're having corporations come in here, they're going to to buy up some of the properties, you know. And uh, what's going to happen is you're going to have, uh, you know, corporations own most of your properties and people are going to pay high rents and that's going to lead to higher taxes again. So uh, I I don't disagree with Catherine. She does her homework, but they're both at fault with this because they've both got a a tax-and-spend attitude, and there's no effort to say, hey, let's cut the budget um, 10% this year and try to level fund it. It's, It's not there. And uh, again, in the future of New Bedford, I could see that it's going to be those who own properties, and I don't mean the average mom and pop guy, because he's going to have to give up his mom and pop properties too. And it'll be these corporate groups that come in that want to buy a house in any condition that it's in. Right. And it's going to be uh, the people that are left here are going to be oh, either you know scraping together money to to pay, or they'll be on some form of assistance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, to try to stay in their their homes. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I mean that's pa- that's part of it too. Like one of the things people look at is they say they're, they're looking at the the equity theft that's been going on with some of these homes. Sure, but what about all the people that don't get to that point? What about the people who get themselves a reverse mortgage because yeah. they're they're afraid of what's going to happen? Who do you think that reverse mortgage is going to go to when it comes time yeah. to sell that house?
4: Yeah, I know, I know, I, 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 you know, again, I'm not against the individual personal owns some properties and stuff like that because I think they're. You know, and scraping it together, too. But it's these, uh, you know, corporate entities that come in and will buy your your property at any, you know, no matter what shape it's in. And it's going to leave the city with those who own property, and it won't be individual people. It will be some corporate thing and uh, the, the 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 rest of the, uh, you know, of, of, of the people, so to speak. So both of them got to get off the politics about it's his fault. Oh, no, it's their fault. And both of them got to adopt an attitude that, Hey, uh, you know, we we got to try to you know keep taxes down again. And the mayor's bad pot, he, he started an increase that was that's four hundred dollars for the average person, at least me. Okay, and I think that's just about where it is. Maybe some people are higher. And then the city council gets it and they chop off a few things. And oh, we saved you. Uh, we chopped off uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars on the uh, on the thing. So we did our job. No, both of you got to come to the conclusion that. The people that are living here right now can't afford this, and if those people eventually die off or those people uh sell out or reverse mortgage you 're going to have corporate entities owning properties in town, and who's ever left is going to be not uh people who are getting some for some of public assistance and uh, <laughs> and that 's it you know uh the idea and, and, and not—I was going to say—not right. just
1: that too, but you know, those corporations when they own the—and and, uh, let's ver- let's let's also clarify: if you see that the building is owned by somebody that's you know incorporated or LLC, it doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't a, a, a local landlord. It they just—they do be. that to protect themselves legally. But yes. you know, if it is a corporation that owns it, do you think they're going to listen to your story about why they should rent to you? No, or they,
4: they don't care? They're, I, yeah, they're I, not going to give you the benefit example. of the doubt. I know someone who lived uh, on Elm Street there in that apartment that they told people they had to get out and uh-huh. everything yeah. and the person that told them they had to get out was a person who worked for the corporation that bought that and you know they couldn't listen to gee uh, you know I, I don't have enough money for this so that is yeah. well it's just my job sir uh you know i'm just telling you what i was told to tell you that sort of stuff right. i know there was a lady too that came on uh, it sounded like an elderly lady again and she said you know uh, uh about the cpa You know, uh, it's only uh, seven bucks or whatever it is. It's only eighty bucks a year. She says, but what I got to do to adjust the things is to find out where out of my uh, budget I got to find that eighty bucks. You know, and I think she said, you know, why can't you know the government do the same thing? uh, You know, uh, find when we're in their budget where they can support these things because she says I have to make the adjustments if I'm quoting here correctly. You know, so again, the city. It just doesn't have the tax base for these these increases all the time. And they talk about it, or one person individually talks it as an investment in the future. I haven't seen an investment in the future creating a boom here in New, in New Bedford. It's, it's just not there. And, again, I think one of the problems with New Bedford, it's the end of the line. It's the end of the line of the, uh, of the uh, train that's going to come down here. Geographically, it's in a bad situation uh, where, it, where it's you know, for this type of development. I think Fall River is doing something right now, and uh, Fall River, I can't believe it, may be better off than New Bedford by what they're doing. Maybe it's their geography, where they're located. I don't know. Okay, but uh, again, a lot of this stuff is pie in the sky. As far as the uh, uh, as the referendums go, uh, hey, it's harmless. It's non-binding. so It's going to take uh, so many months till November to get it on there, let's just see what they have to say and let's see what the reaction is to it. Uh, whether or not it's voting the CPA up or down or whether or not it's calling for the mayor for a uh, four-year term to the two. And again, I'm against the four-year term, okay? Because as long as John Mitchell's here, he's a hard worker, he does what he's supposed to do. Whether you agree or disagree with him, no one can say that he doesn't you know, do the job and he's not everywhere, okay? Trying to get his vision done, okay? But the minute... John Mitchell is no longer the mayor of the city of New Bedford. Who's going to want to be mayor, and will they work as hard as him over four years? Yeah. So to me, a mayor gets reelected by, in the two years that they're there, doing their job. All the other mayors did, and that's a little way of getting the mayor to do his or her job. Okay. And uh, four years is unneeded. There's misinformation about that. Oh, most of the cities and towns are late. No, it's not. It's about half and half Right. And and less less than half have four year terms. Uh, to me, New Bedford doesn't need a four year term. It needs to have at least the the mayor responsible to the people. And in two years, you weren't on your record. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I got this done. I didn't get this done, but I'm looking to get it done. If I get another two years, I can finish this out. You know that sort of stuff. I think all the other past mayors did that. The only person. I know they didn't get another two years was George Rogers, and he had the, uh, the, the riots, and there was a money problem there, too, because when Markie ran against him, he put out an ad in the paper, returned to the people of the city of New Bedford some of the extra taxes that, at that time, George Rogers had thrown on, and that got him elected. Uh, I really think if somebody ran for the uh, mayor's office and said, I'm going to cut your, your taxes, I think that person would win. But who wants the job other than John Mitchell? You know that's the that's the question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for thank the you call. Thank
4: you for me have more than my two cents in.
1: Hey, I I will I will take that. I will invest it wisely, and I will give it back to you. And, I will make and, it
4: work for you. And spooky, enjoy every. Pawn beef and cabbage sandwich. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. You Thank have a good you. weekend.
4: No.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. I do have to take a break, but I just want to read a couple of quick app chat messages uh, beforehand. Wally in New Bedford uh, says, so sewer and water taxes are going up drastically next year, which is what Council President had said with us during her segment with us. And they want to, Add rent control? That's not going to happen. And then uh, Mr. New Bedford says, yeah, Linda Morad was talking about redoing County Street in the south end. How about Hawthorne Street? That road is falling apart. There is very little ADA handicap ramps. It's just ridiculous. I think on Hawthorne Street is maybe four or five ADA handicap ramps. sidewalks are falling apart. And that's a good reason why you need to either, well, definitely reach out to your counselor and share that concern, but also- Uh, You know, show up at those neighborhood meetings and talk about those issues. But I got to take a break right now. Callers, hang on. We will get to you when we come back. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. 508 996 0500. If you're going to play some U2 for St. Patrick's Day, why not play the song that has the Gaelic title, right? That's N Cat Doob. So the Black Cat in Gaelic. 508 996 0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
0: Hey, Tim. How's it going? Gilly Sackfields. What's on your mind, Gilly? Oh, my mind is everybody talking about the four year term. Yes. You realize people have already spoken there was an election it was on the ballot and we voted for a four year term right the, so the people that put it on there are the crybabies that didn't get their way i think the, the same thing's going to happen it's going to be a four year term but yeah. look put on the agenda okay that speaks volume we already voted why do they want to take that away
1: well, I mean, so what What Councillor Gomes said, the reason why he proposed that motion was because they've been hearing from people since it passed that they didn't want it to happen. And, you know, I've heard the same thing. We've had lots of people that have called in here to the station and said the same thing.
0: But yeah, but, it's, the it's, that, but the people that are calling to other people that voted against it in the first
1: place. Right, and uh, just imagine if every time something passed, if, you know, the next election we always put it on the ballot to say, do we want to repeal it? It's kind of like the same, you know, we had the, 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 the issue with the, uh, um, when um, marijuana was legalized, recreational marijuana, people were immediately putting for it to be on the next ballot to repeal it. It's like,
0: no, hey, it's it, not going it, to work it, that it way. Was, you know, too. I'm sorry? Okay. They also did it with a casino. Okay. Right. Okay, but I mean, it's already a four-year term. People have spoken, and usually more, when they already spoke about the four-year term, the people that didn't get it want to keep appealing it. And, and you've got people that don't even talk to the mayor putting it on the agenda. That's the funny part about it.
1: So I mean, it's an exercise in futility if, if it's going to pass again overwhelmingly, but it's, it, you can tell that it's more about making a statement than it is whether or not um, people are actually going to vote for it.
0: Listen, listen, I just want to say one thing. When Brian Gomes ran for city councillor plus mayor, the excuse he used, he didn't even know when the post office was closing at five o'clock. He didn't know what time the post office closed. And he's been in office for thirty years. So he's just a crybaby. That's all I gotta tell you. All right, well I'll hold so I'll hold you there so I can I'll hold you there so I
1: can take my final break, but you enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. I'm a Greek. It doesn't matter.
0: We're all Irish today. I'm not Irish. You know why God invented whiskey? No. Who invented it? No, I said, you know why God oh. invented whiskey? Why? So the Irish wouldn't, couldn't take over the world. Okay. All right. I'm hold you there. Thanks, Gilly.
1: Bye. Have a good weekend. 508 996 0500. We'll try to finish off with some phone calls, but I've got to take my final break. <laughs> welcome back in. Uh, we have about a uh, 2 minutes left. 508-996-0500 if you want to squeeze in a call before we run out of time. That is Tomorrow from the album October by U2 which was not one of my favorites for a long time. I I I didn't I didn't really enjoy that album. Um I liked the raw energy of their first album Boy. October's their second album and I was like, "Eh, it's so a lot of it's very morose. There's nothing like really upbeat." Like, Gloria is good, but, like, the rest of it, I, I don't know. I just don't really enjoy it as much. Uh, maybe it was because it was, you know, one of those albums that you found in the nice price bargain bin when you went into the store, you know, the cassette that was, uh, you know, marked down to, like, five ninety nine or something. And so I just, I don't know. I didn't really relate to it when I was younger, but they had the 40th anniversary a couple of years ago. And I was listening to a, a satellite radio program all about it. And like the making of it, and the, the way that they composed it, and everything, and I, I just gained a newfound respect for the album. And now I just think it's it's phenomenal to think that these are like you know twenty two year old kids that wrote such an amazing album. And then also you look at the the front of it and you say, "Ooh, Edge, you were twenty two and you were already you already had that much hair loss." I'm sorry, man. Uh, but anyway, it's a good day to listen to some YouTube music and to catch that documentary that uh, premieres on Disney Plus today. That's my plan. I'm going to try to listen to Songs of Surrender from start to finish at some point, and then I'm going to uh, watch that documentary while I'm eating my corned beef and cabbage. I hope that you all have a fantastic St. Patrick's Day if you choose to participate in it. If you choose to participate in your corn, beef, and cabbage dinner, I hope that you make it in the Instant Pot and follow follow my suggestion there. Let me know on Monday if you did and how it worked out for you. Uh, and I think we'll be in for Spooky South Coast tomorrow night. I think Stephanie is in town, and I think Moniz will be back from traveling. He was uh, in Roswell, New Mexico last weekend. So I think we will, you know, with a, the the site of the famous 1947 crash. So I think we'll have the whole crew together tomorrow night for an episode of Spooky. And, uh, and if you don't tune into that, I will talk to you on Monday, when we will talk with Jack Blaine of New Bedford Light. He'll probably want to respond to some of the uh, things that were being said about him yesterday on WBSM, and we'll talk with him more about what's going on with the CPA issue and the rest of the things happening with the city council. But that'll do it for me. Until next week, I hope that you all enjoy every plate of corned beef and cabbage.